Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week the gaming adventure tackles a co-op super spy mission in Operation Tango and weaves its way through the Vortex world in our return to Nocturne. We've also got some trophies that aggravate us and a whole bunch of pre-E3 news as we head into a busy weekend full of announcements. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. I watched that new Loki show on Disney Plus this morning. I did see that that uh, did release. Yeah, it's actually really good. I think Disney Plus has been on like a really hot streak with these Marvel shows. Um, WandaVision was awesome. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was really good. And this first episode of Loki might be my favorite of the three yet, like as far as premieres go. So I'm hoping it, it just keeps getting better and better. But sometimes when new shows or new movies comes out, or even games sometimes... Companies will release special promotional items to go along with it. So for the Loki show, they did uh, a version of Lucky Charms called Loki Charms. It comes in a nice special box with like a, a Loki-themed Lucky on the cover. And it, it covers the Lucky name with Loki and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the thing about special items is that people want to get their hands on these special items. And... Uh, they get sold at a at a low quantity and sell out in a couple of seconds is apparently how it went this morning and then go up online for outrageous prices the travis scott recess puff one people were trying to resell that one my i think i think my brother got it later in retail for like retail price and they had like a bunch of them so you don't have to worry about that cereal but but actually this was an online only thing and it did sell out in a few seconds and it is uh, up online for <laughs> hundreds of dollars. Now that's a different now it literally happened a, a couple of hours before this. <laughs> now that you add that it's an online exclusive now that's different. If it's a retail like don't worry they'll have more. But once you no, put no, the this, online exclusive This was straight up online this morning. <laughs> no. All right, you're never going to see that cereal. You are never going to see that cereal. So, cool for the people that got it if they wanted it but man putting a box of cereal online for a hundred bucks bro it's not even for the cereal it's for the box think about that of course it's for the box yes it's definitely for the box and it's, it's a still nice lucky box, charm but that feels like something that should have been put in the stores instead of a special online promotion thing it's oh, very popular definitely <laughs> if if you're gonna make something that looks cool make it accessible to everybody mm, i guess but then that takes away the the whole it's a limited item if it looks there's cool, an I, argument to be had there it's like yeah it's like it, it puts it gives it takes away that whole it's a limited item you should probably get it now before it's it, you know you don't have it and you regret it i've done that yeah i mean there's an argument to be had there but then you think about things that are like the nes mini mm-hmm. and i didn't be, i wasn't able to get an nes mini until like two years after the fact when they like re-released them <laughs> I, I just don't know about some some things i mean Cereal is one thing, but the NES Mini, it was, like, impossible to get. And I know because I went and searched around the store the day it came out. And then I didn't make the same mistake with the SNES Mini. I, I ordered it as soon as I could. And then even with consoles, like, you see how hard it is to get a PS5. And then those things get put online for outrageous prices. So it's just the cereal is kind of, like, to me, a microcosm of what the bigger picture is here, I guess. Uh, I guess. Well, 
I mean, after what happened last year, it's it's not in. I guess what happened last year is not entirely like crazy that things are off the shelf or not available at the moment. I, I dread to think how it's going to be if Nintendo announces a new Switch. How hard it's going to be to get one of those. For... Oh, please. I'm mostly worried about getting one for myself. <laughs> don't surprise drop. Oh, it. Don't that would like, not be. Oh, pre-orders are up right now. Like, don't do that. At least give a day. This went from this went from cereal. Cause it's a games podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a springboard for talking about games here. Hey, you know what? It's markers on the map. It's our weekly podcast gaming adventure, and we're here this week for a pre E3 show, kinda. Um, so. As usual, I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert. How have you been doing lately? Uh, Pretty good. Uh, it's kind of been a lazy week, but um, I guess it's the calm before the storm because I'm excited for what's coming up for this weekend. Yeah, there's some uh, potentially big things happening here, I think. it's it's E3's back this year. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of expectations. So I guess our hope is that it delivers more than anything. More than anything, I want E3 to deliver this year. Well, I mean, Asher's E3 was kind of, I wouldn't I want to say it's at, it was at it, its it best. It was just like the fragmented yeah. Summer Games Fest. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. It was so, I'm really year. hoping this year that they like they hit it out. Of, you know, they hit it out of the park. Yeah, especially with new consoles coming like that have come out, and yeah. the expectation that there's exclusives to be announced, and the fact that we don't have a huge look at the future of either of these two new consoles yet. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping this kind of fleshes out not only this year, because this year back half needs to be fleshed out a little more, I think in, in terms of games, but then next year, especially is what I want to, I want to see something that's going to come out maybe mid next year, get announced yeah. uh, this week. So let's start off with some battlefield 2042 news, because that was our little pre E3 game reveal that happened just right before recording. Let's let's get the cool things out of the way. The yeah. the reveal trailer was pretty cool. I, I liked it. I wasn't a fan of like the tornadoes and stuff showing up because I'm like, is this gonna be a battle royale? But um it's confirmed no battle royale. On PS5 and Series X, this is going to have a hundred and twenty-eight player multiplayer. And I believe PS4 and, and Xbox One will stick with battlefields like traditional sixty-four um mm-hmm. people. So that's cool that they're like upping it. The maps are going to be huge and sprawling and everything. It's confirmed no single-player campaign and no Battle Royale. Now, Battlefield's campaigns aren't, like, people's favorites or anything. Um, I'm glad they're not going the Battle Royale route, but somehow the loss of a single-player campaign reminds me of another game in the FPS genre that did not launch with the single-player campaign. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I know what you mean. But, uh, I mean, we're pointing at black ops 4 that didn't launch with the campaign Mm. but i still say like even if it launched with the campaign would it have actually been enjoyable or even worth playing through yeah i mean like i said battlefield campaigns aren't people's favorites especially from the things i've read for the past like couple of releases of battlefield um the last battlefield campaign i really liked was bad company 2 it's kind of like the last battlefield game i actually liked as well but that's just me but yeah i mean it's just the loss of the single-player component is, for some people, like, a pretty bad loss. But this is an MP-focused game. However, we gotta get into the bad here. Seasons are a thing with both free and paid battle passes, which mm-hmm. means 2042 Another, is yeah. continuing the trend of 
live services. Yes. And I don't know. I, I feel like that is starting to drag some game genres down, not just in the FPS space, but it's start it's starting to get uh, a other little games. Yeah. Uh I it, just it's starting to become a problem, I think. <laughs> it's it's too much. I it, it doesn't make sense for paid battle passes and non-paid battle passes for a game you have to pay and shell out the full price for yes and this is supposedly 70 dollars on the new consoles so the next gen version is supposedly 70 dollars from what i've been reading um so you're getting the base price you'll get a free battle pass but you're probably gonna have to pay for the better battle pass basically and it, it at some point i i think i'm past the point where i've been like i can't get into a game that's constantly demanding me to play this game and this game alone because i need to play a ton of games <laughs> if you if you look if you look at like warzone they have like the whole like live service tier system but the battle pass also ties into not only modern warfare but cold war so it's like you can buy the battle pass but this is tied mostly to the war zone like yeah it does you know the progression does you know go across from modern warfare and also cold war but mostly it's sort of like this is meant really for war zone so it doesn't have that you paid 80 bucks or whatever or like 70 bucks for like let's say uh cold war that's when it like dropped yeah. I don't think it was that. I think it was like 60, but whatever. Like I said, it, it doesn't have that whole like, oh, yeah, you got n- not only did you pay on top of this, you have to pay for the battle pass if you want to get the premium stuff. Now, is there a separate battle pass for Warzone and Cold War or is it just the Warzone battle pass? I don't think so. I think they're I, th- I'm, I mean, I'm not sure I don't have Cold War, but I'm hoping that they're, there's not two separate, entirely different like battle passes that you have to pay for like i understand why yeah. warzone fortnite and even like first time getters of fall guys added the battle pass but they haven't added like a premium at all it's like yeah. it's free you just earn it and stuff like that it's more or less like you didn't pay for the game it's free to play so it's for those who like you can shell out the 10 bucks because you're like you know what i didn't pay for this game i could shell out the 10 bucks for a game i didn't pay for and just get all the premium stuff but it just doesn't sit right with me when you pay you know full price game and then you still have to buy a a battle system yeah i mean a battle pass makes sense in something like apex legends or fortnite stuff like that it makes sense total sense they have to monetize the game in some way it's a free-to-play game but with things like call of duty the old system of, yes, we have some overpriced DLC map packs, but you get the weapons. You don't have to spend time unlocking what you want. You unlock colors and calling cards depending on certain tasks that you achieve in the game. But you're getting that content, you're getting those weapons, and the ability to lock those colors through challenges in that $15 DLC pack or as Call of Duty and Battlefront 1 got to at points like $50 season passes. At least you're make, being able to make use of whatever content you can out of that, where Battle mm-hmm. Passes to me in every game except Fall Guys, because Fall Guys, it's, it's purely cosmetic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess in Fortnite it's purely cosmetic too. I could be wrong on yeah. that. I've never played it. I think um, what I've seen has been only cosmetic skins. Yeah, th- this idea of these tiers, like you, you, we've talked about Black Ops Four countless times in the tier system on that, and the the starting price of the game uh, with the addition you bought of a hundred dollars. Uh-huh. So it, it's and and battle passes get so confusing after a while. Yeah. If you've seen Super Bomberman R online, I don't know what's what. It, it was negative engagement when I only play Black Ops Four just to be like i just need to get through a certain amount of tears and then i'm done for the day 
it was such negative engagement with that one because it's like i have to not only you know finish this battle system on like to get everything on the on the whole thing but it's like i paid for the season pass and certain weapons that i did unlock you know like okay yeah like i bought the battle i bought the like the season pass or whatever i should unlock all this stuff but when Towards the end, when they're putting weapons that are not on the battle pass, you have to unlock them by random chance in the battle pass. I was just done with at that point. I'm thinking to myself, what's the point of people like like what is the point to have a fun when you play a game, or is it to sit there and grind out tears? It's like that's that's why the battle pass system doesn't necessarily work for me. What what makes it work? I think, and we bring up Avengers all the time. When it's not got a time limit attached to it. If there's no time limit, yeah. If if playing a game feels like you're actually doing like work, it's not fun. So when you're like, oh, I'm stressing about, I gotta get to this tier system by this day, it's not fun because there's a time limit. It expires in 30 days. You're like, oh, I gotta get to tier 130 days or something like that. That's a lot. That's a lot of hours you gotta put into a game. And like I said, companies need to understand that player. People that play games have other games to play. There's, Of course, there's always that one person that always plays that one game forever, and that's their one game they're going to play. But other, other people, man, they got other games to play. You can't put so many hours into one game, especially with a battle system. But with Fall Guys, look at it like this. It's a free battle pass system. It's honestly pretty easy to get through. It's super get, easy. Yeah, like the first time you play like the first round with the new battle pass system, you're probably going to be at like tier 10 by the end of the night. And that's only yeah. for like... A three-hour play at max. And I feel like even with 50 levels of the most recent season of Fall Guys has been the easiest battle pass to, to do for them. Because they I add like more the days XP to requirements it. Were, yeah, more days, sure, but the XP just seemed like you didn't need that that much. So the XP I really is easy that. to get. They add more days when it's like the mid-season update. They'll be like, oh, 30 days left, but then, oh, another 30 days added on to it. If you're going to... Yeah. Basically, we can go on about it, but at the end of it, I don't know how I feel about having a... Like, yeah, the free one's fine, but having to pay for a premium one after buying a, a fully priced game is, I don't know about that. And also, the whole tie-in time limit that, you oh, you got to get this before it disappears. Just either make it, you know, a easy 50-level system, not 100, or make it, you know, not, like there's no time limit on it. I don't know. I just feel like you having to rush and put in so much work into a game once it starts feeling like actual work, it's not a game. I guess my issue is for the paid battle pass. Hopefully it doesn't give people an advantage, like a pay-to-win yes. advantage. I mean, this is a quadruple-A game we're talking about, so I, I, you, I would hope that the paid battle pass wouldn't give other people an advantage. So yeah. we don't really know anything about it. But but then I, but then the opposite of that is if there's no advantage then why pay for the premium battle pass are there really cool cosmetic items and then in something like battlefield where things are more gray toned and not like super fancy like something like fortnite do cosmetics super duper matter are mm-hmm. you paying 50 are you i don't know how much the passes will cost but are you paying for a hat or something um yeah and i would also argue that borderlands itself with challenge cards is a very good way of approaching a, a battle pass system um, yeah because apparently all three of them will be able to run at once you can repeat them to try to re-roll your weapons stuff like that so like it is possible for less live servicey things to keep things going um in the right direction to say avengers is a great example of a battle pass done right is <laughs> pretty 
There, there's, I don't there's know. Just, <laughs> there's a lot. I don't want to get. I don't want to get too deep, too deep into it, but I don't oh, think we, enough we've been into it. <laughs> no, like it, there's there's a little bit more, but all it is is I don't know. Don't feel right about a whole battle system in a game you already pay for. Like I said, yeah. or just repeating myself at this point, but I don't know. It's just, I'm just curious as to how yeah, this is gonna work. It's too. I guess it's also the point. Like I said, it's just there's so much of it in other games that I I'm tired of it personally. I can't deal with like battle systems anymore. Yeah. Tier systems and all that. I can't do it. I, I, I try not to buy any games that have that. I'll play yeah. Fall Guys, and trust me, I'll run Avengers like five minutes a week <laughs> to see what <laughs> costumes are new that I can't buy because they cost money. Anyway, other thing I was going to say about Battlefield 2042 is that it reminds me of MAG with how many players it has. Now, MAG had 256 players. MAG is probably a deep cut for some people. It's a online FPS that was on the PS3. Um, it was crazy because it had 256 players going at once. I played the beta lost uninstalled the beta never played again but <laughs> it, for some reason this reminded me of mag <laughs> so just is our little deep cut reference this week <laughs> i just say we just move on to the next thing oh you're not gonna like the next thing oh never mind let's go back so mag <laughs> <laughs> no we're gonna have to move on to the next thing uh, sands of time's not gonna be at e3 uh, it's been delayed <sighs> I'm so I'm sad. That breaks my to heart. To me, this screams full like rework. Like we don't know for sure, but this screams full rework to me. I will. I don't want to say full rework, but I still have to mention that that first initial teaser was still, I guess, what a beta or alpha. It wasn't yeah. technically like you know. Yeah, people were relentless. I I, I guess the way I view it is that they only just made it look quote-unquote nice or they just made it look like you know hd graphics modern day you know whatever i don't think they actually had actual different mechanics or gameplay or you know i i can can see why they could delay it because it is a ps2 game so there could be things that haven't aged that well i don't at least from my memory there's it, it doesn't uh, seem that way to me at least because I think that game has aged very well I don't think there's anything wrong with it checkpoints and everything everything's fine but maybe there's yeah. a couple things that are just like you know we want to add this and make it better or change it up because this is a new modern day you know like let's look at like God of War Uncharted and all that like all those type of like puzzle 3D platformer games like that maybe they want to change it to that type of game which I'm fine with it, it just never sat well with me the the negative reception being like, come on, it's a new team. Mm-hmm. It's a small team. I Very think small they're, team. I think you're be like, people are being a little too hard on them. It looked, there was nothing me, that, I mean, it looked like what it was trying to look like. It looked yeah. like Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. HD, yeah, so, HD. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's going to look a little different the next time we see it. Yeah. I believe it is going to look different. I hope they don't cancel the development of it. That's the only thing I don't want. I don't care. Don't, I guess don't make it a Duke Nukem Forever where it takes like years from it. You know what I mean? Or like, like a Skull a and Bones. Ubisoft or is it Skull like Final Bones. Fantasy 15 took like, what is it, like years? Like, I hope it's not oh, like that. It takes like man. 10 years to yeah to release. I hope it's just like we're just delaying it to actually put it to what gamers expect a game like this to be. Like I said, we have Uncharted, Laura Cro- uh, it, Tomb Raider. We got all those games now that are modern day like puzzle platformers speaking of final fantasy 15 that is some e3 2006 i think like nightmare scenario where it's like oh this is gonna be the best game ever 
Final Fantasy Versus 13. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> then we finally get a gameplay trailer like three or four years later. And then the game finally gets its name changed like two years later and then comes out like, what, two years later? And then yeah. I play it and I'm like, this is not it. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't know what they could do to mess up. He it's did. just a remake. It's, I don't know what they could do to mess up that game because I love the PS2 game. So hopefully they don't completely change it to like the kind of reboot they did in 2008. It wasn't terrible, but it, I didn't feel like it was a Prince of Persia game. Yeah. So I hope they keep it, you know, to the core of what Prince of Persia really was. At least that Sands of Time, uh, you know, quadrilogy because it's four of them. Still on that front, that Ubisoft front, um, Rainbow Six Extraction. That was formerly Quarantine, formerly rumored to be Parasite. This is an upcoming PvE shooter. I didn't know it was a PvE shooter. I thought yeah, it was like a, what, like a 3v3 tactical. Um, so this is a horrid mode game, I'm assuming. Like a zombie type thing. Yeah. Like a Left 4 so, Dead. Operation Chimera, that's when they had uh, Outbreak. There was, there was a whole season worth, uh, I think, Lion and Finko, those were the two operators that released that season. Oper- yeah, Operation Chimera. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a whole zombie mode, and a lot of people liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a bit too difficult. I was like, this is kind of hard. And I I don't think I even finished like those like. Was this final last year? Because I remember was, talking I about this. This is like 2000, early 2018, late 2017. Ah, uh, okay. So this was, a f- this was like a few years back. But okay. I think they're building off that premise and idea and gameplay style it's been a while since you've had a you know play pve horde mode and nothing wrong with a little for- pve that's for sure now that's foreshadowing for some stuff later but um i don't know I, I i really don't understand why siege adds certain modes and then they get rid of them and i feel like there's certain siege can benefit from adding those modes on just their standard uh, six siege game but if they want to take it and make it you know a, a completely different separate game and actually add you know more levels more characters different characters you never know then i'm all for it cuz it was honestly pretty fun i just wish it was just a little too hard for me honestly look when you got something good like a ewok hunt mode in uh, battlefront 2 why not just make it part of the whole game bam exactly. part of the whole game <laughs> I mean, I can go on, like, Siege had, like, their legacy mode, which was, like, original operators, yeah. original maps and all that. I, I don't know why they would get rid of it. I wish they kept that. Now, that just... was last year. Yeah, that was, that was, right? I mean, yeah. even earlier. We talked about yeah, that last on year. here, I think. Yeah. Was, this was on, I wish they kept that permanently on the game, because I know a lot of fans that would love to have just original Siege on, just as, like, a service there. A lot of people would still play it. Yeah. But I guess they don't want to split the, you don't want to be the 12 people playing a certain mode over and over again because yeah. everyone else is playing another mode i can see that point why don't we look at this rainbow six extraction and then we take a look at other games that are similar like back for blood mm-hmm. potentially the evil dead game i'm assuming is going to be like this overwatch maybe 2 is that new alien PBE. game isn't it yeah PBE overwatch game. 2 although i'm hoping that's more like campaign oriented maybe like mm-hmm. co-op mission but like this scene this like horde mode genre that Back for Blood is kind of resurging the whole Left for Dead like space, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm I've been thinking, just recently, is this the next genre that's gonna get oversaturated? Because first we had open worlds, then battle royales get oversaturated. At some point, Souls games got oversaturated, mm-hmm. and you got your live service oversaturation now. Basically, um, is is it gonna be these? co-op pve horde mode type games that's that's next even if i don't mind it i'm tired of the player versus player put the games really emphasizing on player versus player i i can't 
stand staying oh, I'm on absolutely my toes all, all the for time. Him. I'm more of like I want to just lay back and have a good time with friends with co-oping whatever. But I'm thinking about these and I'm like I want one, but I want the best one. So this E3 I feel like we're going to see some stuff from all four of these potentially. If if Ubisoft and the sense of the Siege team, if they can deal with not only Extraction and Six at the same time, then I think Siege Extraction will stay for the long run because Siege's uh, Six has been around for like six years now. Well, if it's um, made by the same team, they've got a good you know support. Yeah, like if they're up for maintaining both and they can do it, then you know, like yeah, the extra- Extraction will stay. My, I guess my my bet of what's gonna stay Back for Blood if it's good and people really do stick with it, it'll stay. Overwatch 2, no doubt, will stay, and I think Extraction will stay. I'm more hopeful for the Evil Dead game than anything, because like we talked about when Back for Blood was revealed, it did nothing for me. I mean, it looked great, but, like, graphically. But it didn't do anything for me, because I never have that itch for, like, a horde mode game, like a zombies mode in Call of Duty. I never have the itch well, for you that. Well, you had so, PS3. You didn't have, like the a pc or even like xbox to play left for dead on that's when like yeah. everyone played it but i've played it i've played it so i'm more curious about the evil dead game and that alien game of course that we that was revealed a couple months ago i'm, I'm pretty curious about that because oh, i hope that one that to me sounded more mission based instead of like a horde mode yeah i hope like that one's to me the greatest fun. horde mode was always war for cybertron and i don't think there's any topping that but that's just me <laughs> so there's that and now we got godfall news baby we got godfall news godfall will be at gearbox's e3 presentation this weekend that's all i got for now i've actually hopefully, been playing some godfall hopefully <laughs> to announce trophies. more and more content so people can go back and play it and not let the yeah. game just fade out don't let it die um they're gonna probably announce matchmaking is my guess I mean, they've announced it, but a release date and maybe that DLC that we're waiting for. So, so there's that. Now, another little curious thing that got shown off this week was that Playdate console. And this got revealed, I, I can't remember when, but it was over a year ago, I think. It's like a little Game Boy looking thing with like a black and white screen. Mm-hmm. And it's got like a crank on it. Whoa, whoa, so whoa, the whoa. thing about, that's cool. It's got Game a crank Boy. on it. Game Boy was black and green. They ain't no black true, and white Game Boy. true. It was black and green. So this is a little different. So it's not called a Game Boy. It's called a Playdate. But it has a crank. Did the Game Boy have a crank? I mean, if you use probably one of those like solar power like pump like <laughs> like like accessories that they probably made for the Game Boy, yeah. Okay, so the Game Boy might have had a crank. <laughs> the but Game this, Boy had everything. This comes pre pre cranked. So the deal with Playdate is that i'm probably not gonna get it but i felt like it was worth talking about because i've been keeping up with it for as I long know as i have it it's is. like a basically what it is is it's a little tiny console handheld of course mm-hmm. um and it gets games like downloaded to it like every week i guess they're doing two games for the first season so the first season is free with your play date and there's some pretty like there's some known developers working on these games and the games are all meant to be played with uh, the d-pad and the a and b buttons and the crank the crank can do things like move your character forward so that the other mm-hmm. things can do other functions so i mean it just it was always a cool little idea for me uh to see it 
and the fact that you get new games every week, like a little tiny surprise in your play date every week, like save the date or whatever. So it's time for your play date game to come. And some of the games they showed look really interesting. There's like a surfing game. There's like a, a platformer looking one. I think the guy that did Getting Over It is, you know, that rage game is is doing one for they the play date. Doom on that. True. Put a put a Doom game on the put play Doom, date. The original like, Doom on Doom that. Play run date. it on there. <laughs> It probably could. <laughs> Doom um, is on everything. Yeah, and and it's such a cute little thing. They they announced like a little Bluetooth speaker that you can put it on like a dock that charges it, and it's got like a little pen holder, and it comes with a pen. I'm like, this is really cute. Playdate's pretty cute. There's going to be like a web-based, I think it's called, I, I'm actually forgetting what it's called, but it's like you, so you can develop your own games or whatever. So like Game Builder Garage, basically, but for Playdate, <laughs> so... That's a pretty cute little thing. Anyway, Overwatch announced some crossplay beta today for consoles mm-hmm. and PC and crossplay and all that good stuff. Sounds great. I'll never complain about crossplay. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't see a problem with it. I mean, I wish Borderlands 3 would have crossplay on PS, but <laughs> I guess it doesn't. I said there's some games I wish that didn't have necessarily crossplay, but were just ported to the PS4. Like, you know. Is it Black Ops 2? I wish. No, I was going to say Mega Solid 4, but it's like, when it comes to crossplay, I guess the one thing is that if you're going to add a crossplay from, I guess a major complaint some people make is that, oh, hacking. I think hacking is going to be a problem regardless of what platform you play on. There's always going to be that one person. Not say they ruins mm-hmm. it, but you know, there's going to be that problem the company has to deal with. So I don't really mind the whole like hacking thing. It's more or less just pc versus controllers you know the keyboard and mouse versus controllers that's the only problem i really have and i was gonna say i wish more games from like the ps3 um gen had things like cross play i'd have loved like a black ops black ops 2 cross play because that was when i was most into fps's and even then i still got like fatigue after two or three matches but hey man (laughs) would have been nice back in the day that, see, this is what I always cite as why I bought Minecraft for the Switch, because that really ushered in this next gen of crossplay. So I said, you know what, I might not, like, ever enjoy Minecraft, but I need to support this move. <laughs> Think of it like this, Fall Guys added crossplay, and honestly, I have not seen one problem with it, like, that's a quote-unquote hacking. Yeah. And also, like I said, Fall Guys doesn't really need a problem with the whole oh, controller versus keyboard, because honestly, I think you probably have a better advantage with controller with the whole analog yeah uh but when it comes to like uh, fps's and stuff like that i do believe that keyboard and and mouse have a bigger advantage you can be a little bit more you know i don't want to say better but you can be a little bit more precise with your keyboard and mouse than a controller oh like i don't know if you can turn things off by platform but first thing i do on on if i still had a copy of overwatch was turn off cross play with pc I mean, I would say be like Warzone and actually have a keyboard and mouse option for you to uh, use. They do that. It's good that they're adding it. A little late in the game, but it's I mean, still Overwatch good that Two is around the corner, so well, not really. Yeah, not Overwatch Two will probably far. launch with it. I'm sure. I mean, it's yeah. far off. I'm sure it's not coming out anytime soon. Maybe it'll come out the same time as Diablo Four. <laughs> actually, Maybe. that might be a little further off. I I can't really make a prediction about that. But anyway. Like we said at the top of the show, E3 is coming. So what I thought we could do real quick is rattle through some of the presentations that you and I will be watching. 
and mm-hmm. kind of giving expectations. Maybe what do we think we'll see? So tomorrow's going to be Jeff's thing, the Summer Game Fest kickoff. There's going to be uh, world premieres, as always, with with Jeff's things, like the Game Awards and all that. Um, actually, our very first episode was a, was Gamescom, and the, the joke at the beginning of the podcast was that it would be a world premiere of the podcast. Um, yeah. Summer Games that. Fest, I'm thinking Gearbox, because they're teasing a reveal for this. Uh, mm-hmm. It's specifically the Borderlands account. Give us some more content for Borderlands. There's always room for more. I, I got a theory. What's what if theory? it's Borderlands, the movie, the game? Now, why do I feel like that could possibly happen? But also there could be like movie-based cosmetics for like certain characters in Borderlands games or something. <laughs> kind of like uh, they did the Monster Hunter movie crossover in Monster Hunter World so you could play as Mila Jovovich. <laughs> what if, uh, I, don't, what if I guess, I don't know, deal, I, would, I wouldn't mind new DLC for Borderlands 3. Yeah, I wouldn't mind some new DLC for Borderlands 3. Maybe a... I mean, any any Borderlands content is good. As long as it's like a true Borderlands game, I'm there for it. Otherwise, I'm not super sure what to expect from this. I guess there's going to be like 30, maybe, premieres? So, mm-hmm. obviously, there will probably be some smaller indie games. Maybe updates on something. Maybe a new Deathloop trailer or something. Those are pretty popular <laughs> nowadays. Although, they might be saving that for... Oh no! Since it's going to be a PS thing, they're not going to do it at the Xbox conference. So Summer Games Fest—that's the—that's like the beginning of E3. So all of the things that we're going to talk about briefly here will be the news coverage for next week. Then they're going to do like the Wholesome Direct again on June twelfth, Saturday. The Wholesome Direct I might check out this year and a few other things. But then we've got Ubisoft Forward. So we know what we're not going to see. We know we're not going to see Prince of Persia. We are going to see Rainbow Six. Maybe we'll see something like Skull and Bone, the long-delayed pirate game. I don't think we're going to see Assassins this year. No, they haven't teased any type of Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, and usually details about those start trickling out. Um, We'll probably see some DLC updates. Maybe they'll announce like that roller derby game that was that had its beta a while ago has got like a release date or something. I guess big hope for me from Ubisoft. Maybe a mario and rapid sequel <laughs> would be fine hey maybe they'll release prince of persia the original one oh, put that on the switch just because sansa just because sansa time isn't there doesn't mean the original one could be put Here's the snes version on switch put that snes Dude, version on switch please that screams shadow drop i always got like 10 or 20 bucks set aside for e3 week for shadow drops something like ubisoft saying prince of persia original snes is available now screams shadow drop to me <laughs> I, I want it, please. It's such a good game. It's such... I don't know. That game is my favorite. It's like... Actually, I can't really put top, like top, top game. There's so much, but that's on there. Like, it's my yeah first... It's runner. It's literally right there in first place. Yeah, and maybe we'll see something from their Star Wars game. Because remember, they're doing that. So not a lot of hype for me for that one, though. What I am hyped for is like immediately after that, the Devolver Digital... What are they calling it? They are calling it something. It's like some kind of Devolver cinematic universe thing. And they're promising what they are calling a Devolver Max Pass Plus with monetization as a service, or so the trailer says. Um, Devolver's conferences are always the most unique, funny, like adult swim, late night, Sunday night. 15 minute live action show-esque things on the planet 
um, I guess they're going to reveal five new games. And hey, Devolver Direct, a couple years ago, that's where they announced Fall Guys. So, I love Devolver, just as a company. They're real cool. And the same day, pretty much after Devolver, we're moving right into Gearbox. So, I'm saying Borderlands stuff and Godfall stuff. Will they announce a new game? Maybe. I don't know with Gearbox. That's what I don't know. They're always a little bit of a <laughs> a mystery, a wild card. What was something Gearbox developed? Well, let me let me. I Bullet mean, Storm? Like a, was that Gearbox? I think it was. That was Gearbox. All, all I got is just I hope for this new Borderlands stuff. That's all I hope for. Yeah. All I hope for for like especially Borderlands Three. Yeah. Then we get to one of the big ones, like one of the two most major ones on the 13th that sunday that'll be xbox and bethesda game showcase so it's just xbox and bethesda game showcase this year instead of just xbox so that'll be interesting i'm thinking we'll see more of that perfect dark game maybe maybe a look at halo uh was it halo infinite and bethesda might show some new starfield and i'm i'm really thinking the elden ring might show up there I, I really don't know because I always make predictions that never happen at E3. So I'm always just like, you know what? I'll just see what they have. Yeah. And then we got Square Enix Presents. Avengers is going to be there. Black Panther DLC is probably going to be shown off. Um, I guess Edis Montreal is going to have a new game. So that'll be cool. And Warner Bros. is going to do a Back for Blood presentation like right after that on uh, Sunday. Take Two will have a show on Monday june 14th and that'll be followed by one of my favorites the limited run games showcase where they're going to announce like a whole mess of physical editions that come out and then that same day we have capcom at 2 30 pacific i believe capcom is going to do that they didn't announce theirs until a couple days ago maybe there'll be some village dlc there's definitely gonna be some monster hunter updates and everything um bandai namco will do one on the 15th in the afternoon but on the 15th in the morning we have none other than my favorite e3 event the nintendo direct hmm what do you got what are you thinking for a direct this year shin megami tensei 5 uh i would say maybe some breath of the wild too i'm sure it'll be there it'll be there something what i really want them to show is metroid prime 4 and also another metroid game i'm really hoping they show is a remake of fusion because they teased it at the end of the metroid 2 remake and i need a metroid fusion remake for the switch in my life i need it (laughs) i don't know uh metroid that's a long shot ah but it's just at some point it's just got to happen it's a long shot but it does have to happen i don't know also maybe Maybe just maybe, uh, Knuckles in Sandopolis or Sonic Paint, you know, one of those long-awaited rumors, something like that. Because of Nintendo, it's a long shot because I honestly think every time I hear a prediction, it never happens. It's always something else. You know what? Splatoon yeah. three. We're gonna see something from uh, Splatoon three. Yeah, I think we'll see a little bit of Splatoon three, but I don't think they're gonna make a big deal about it because they already kind of did at the last direct. I think Bayonetta 3 might have a chance this year, although people have been saying that for years and years now, and it's still not. Like, we know it exists. It was shown at a Nintendo Digital event. Um, 
we don't know anything about it outside of that. So maybe Bayonetta 3 will show. You never know. Maybe. Um, I'm just hoping that there's more announcements than updates because they're doing a three-hour Treehouse stream af- right after. So I'm hoping there's more announcements versus here's an update I on do hope such that. and such. I always do hope that, yeah. And actually, Nintendo, just show me some Shin Megami Tensei 5 gameplay and then it'll be great and it'll be a great direct if you have Metroid. Otherwise, uh, we'll have to see. <laughs> anyway, I do have in my possession here a uh, nintendo Direct rumor and it's it's got some lifting to do because it's right before e3 it's sponsored by markers on the map presents trial by energy drink and this week's flavor is e3 espresso it's for can't believe i'm saying this donkey konga 3 battle of the bands it's a time of peace on dk island evil villains are nowhere to be found Suddenly, a copter floats down in front of the DK residence and tilts his head, angrily staring at the door. The door flies open, and Donkey Kong emerges triumphantly, as if to question this reptile's reason for being here. In one hand, the copter grasps a metal rod, and in the other, a triangle in which to clang it with. A mighty metallic sound blares through the forest, and from the shining spotlights from above comes a giant stage. Clad in a fresh tuxedo, the maestro Ludwig von Kinke rule lifts his arms in the air and stares confidently down at Donkey and his friends and family, who have joined him outside. Diddy Kong tosses Donkey a set of bongos, and he furiously taps them, claps his hands powerfully, and then glances up at the conductor of evil. This is Donkey Konga 3, Battle of the Bands, and this time the bongos aren't the only instrument. Using Labo technology, Donkey Konga 3 will feature over 15 instruments to play. Rock out with the guitar as you take on the Masters of Metal, the Northern Kremisphere's evil forces including Bleak, who's so sick of shredding the slopes that he's moved to shredding the this here electric guitar. Then go up against the Disco Synthwave Masters of Crocodile Isle as you turn the Labo keyboard into a musical weapon unlike any other. Even the Masters of Jazz, the resident enemies of DK Island itself, are here, using saxophones and trumpets for a new era of rhythm and blues in the music game genre. So let's meet some of the bands. In Donkey Kong 3, experience robust story modes through the eyes of its main characters and their branching paths through the music world. Our main tale comes in the form of DK and the Family, where Kongs like Donkey, Funky, Cranky, and Kitty blast through stages with the help of their producer Diddy Kong. Switch instruments on the fly with the magic of Labo and conquer Von King K. Rule's devious enemies like the Claptrap Quartet featuring Claptrap from Borderlands, the Opera Crows, and the Pirate Crew Band. Or take each individual Kong through a journey of their own with their own band. Donkey's tropical band, the DK Breeze, steps up using the bongos through the chillest island music you've ever heard. Dixie Kong rages through the land with their rock band Helicopter Hair focusing on... <laughs> on the guitar and a beat you just can't help but tap your feet to when the drums come into play. Diddy's hip-hop ensemble, the Diddy Kong Collective, uses a variety of instruments from mics to drums and more as their story pushes him and a new and a few formerly unknown artists into the limelight. Funky blasts the universe with the hottest song of summer. Cranky creates sonic melodies through the piano through a selection of classic songs. And Kitty Kong steps up with a boy band that even the greats would be envious of. Join our cast, and even some villains, through over 150 songs, both original and licensed, as the Donkey Konga series evolves and becomes what it was truly meant to be. Only possible with the almighty Nintendo Switch and Labo technology. 
Yeah, I think we're overdue for a new Donkey Konga. I mean, when was the last Donkey Konga? It was for the GameCube, so it was... Think about that's a while uh, back. 04, it's 2000? 05? Yeah. 2000 early Like, early, early. And, like, why didn't they think of this before? Musical instruments with Labo. You have the Labo keyboard, but now you can have a Labo guitar. Labo microphone. Bongos. Bongos. Uh, a, a kazoo, flute. I'm assuming. A flute, a yes. Kazoo. A saxophone. The possibilities are endless. Now, will there be an online multiplayer mode? Probably. Ooh. Would, would this be something like Mario Maker-esque and where you can build your own type of music or worlds and then people can go and play them? Ooh, like a music editor like a or boss, like you yeah. set up your own songs and stages. Like you play this song at this stage and you face against this Ooh, band. You, what if, it sounds like the, uh, the potential for customization is there. What, what if the Game Boy classic mini game from the Donkey Kong Country Game Boy version is back with, you know, Candy Kong? The dancing or, one? I really the like dancing that dancing one. one. I'm, I'm a big back. fan of that dancing minigame. It better be, now that you mention it. I mean, you could probably make a Dance Dance Revolution pad out of some Labo cardboard. Think about it. Think yes. about it. <laughs> think about it the potential is endless yeah and with e3 right around the corner this this feels like a uniquely e3 type of announcement um first e3 i ever watched live had the um Wii music i think that was 2008 e3 it might have been 07 but i think it was 2008 and they they ended it with Wii music why not end this nintendo direct with donkey konga 3 battle of the bands it just bring this music game full circle bring a resurgence of the music genre like rock band but better like dj hero but similar Ooh, a labo dj kid <laughs> oh i'm thinking with 15 instruments maybe a turntable is one of them just put your joy con in that think about it <laughs> the more i talk about this rumor the better it sounds it sounds honestly sounds amazing. I hope it I does really sound great. want this to come out. Yeah, this this is a good one. This is a good one. All right, Robert, we played some games this week. We played Operation Tango. Um, I thought it was pretty great. <laughs> I'll just start off by saying that <laughs> Operation Tango from an indie develop you know group is fine. It's great. Only like I would say like three main complaints. Yeah, let's get those out of the way. Just get it out of the way. Sometimes the game randomly crashes at certain points, and it's not random. It's like at certain missions, at certain points, it just like crashes or disconnects. Which uh, maybe throw a patch in that, fix it up. What you know? Thankfully, the checkpointing was like great, oh, and it that's actually praise. stuck for us. Like the checkpointing, <sighs> fantastic. There, I would. I'm praising their checkpoint system because honestly, it's it's amazing. Yeah, for a game you might not usually be playing with a friend, like, you can play this with people online. Like, the checkpointing, real good. It's real good. I, I enjoyed it. I think there, I think most games should look at this checkpoint system and really take... Because it was the whole... There's enough checkpoints to really be like, man, I gotta get to this part, and, you know, hopefully I don't mess up because then I have to restart it. But not one of those like oh i just messed up gotta go all the way back and just do that one part or do everything i already did fine but this one part that i keep messing up on you know i can't just have a checkpoint right there before it 
Yeah. I guess the controls are a little sensitive. I would say in, in some parts, definitely it's too much because once you got to move the analog and it just kind of overshoots it or it's just, I'm just like, no, I want, I meant to go on that thing, but it's not going there. It's not going to what I want it to be at. It's like so many things are on the screen and you have to get to one certain, I guess like if there's like a certain valve you have to turn and it just kind of uh-huh. like, there's like 50 of them and then you have to do that one certain one. It's kind of at some points because there's, there's that whole, like you got 20 seconds to do it. It's like, it kind of gets too much and then you kind of just like overshoot it's a little too much my issues with the controls were were not like awful or anything the controls are fine i only had like two levels where they were an issue for me first was agent playing the um the fourth mission the Uh controls are a little weird where you're going through the the space and you just see the person at the top uh when you're playing as the agent you're at the computer terminal, basically. You're telling them you're fixing everything. The controls are a little weird on that one. And the hacker playing the last mission is the hacker. That last part with, like, pinging the, the nodes and finding the, the bomb, basically. Having to press circle to go back and go to other things instead of just having one seamless menu uh, was a little, like, mm-hmm. stressful. So the controls otherwise were they were pretty good. Yeah, I think it's just those two major things. Yeah, like I said, it reminded me a lot of We Were Here, except I liked it better because it was it was a little more chill. There was not like the t- there was like one or two time sections, but they gave you enough time. Whereas in We Were Here, the directions are not super clear all the time. Like that part when the water starts rising, or the chess part especially was a little frustrating for me. But for for a free game and essentially a free plat. Operation Tango had a really like nice graphical style. It it was pretty low stakes, even though the stakes in game were high. Both characters give a different perspective, and whichever one you play as second, it's obviously going to be easier, especially if you're playing with the same person because they can just tell you what they did here and what's impressed and all that. So it, overall, this is a very fast paced and enjoyable you know plat run. Took about seven hours for us. Yeah, it was a seven hour run. It wasn't too bad. And I honestly think there should be more games like this. Um, but maybe continue to advance them, continue to make them. I, I mean, I get it comes with like a certain simplicity. Like, of course, you have to tell somebody to do this and they have to tell you to do that. But like maybe developers will find a way to make these more like involved at some point. Because these are usually short games because you can play them with randoms online or whatever. But at some point, I don't know. If, I don't know if the genre can move past short mission-based games like this. But maybe mm-hmm. at some point there'll be like a, a bigger narrative. Maybe I, I would have liked to have seen more story with Operation Tango, but I really can't blame them for not having more story. It's not like a downside. It's just like something I wanted more of afterwards. But I can't blame it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyhow, I finished Shin Megami Tensei three. Now, I played on Merciful, as I said. I also used a guide. Don't ask me what how many hours it took me to finish Shin Megami Tensei three. The answer because the answer is not that many. So obviously I didn't play it as intended. But like I said the first time I talked about it, I was more interested in the story, the themes, and just seeing the world of Nocturne more than I was hitting my head against the wall again with like a relentlessly difficult RPG, especially so close to integrated Rift Apart, Game Builder Garage, and whatever's coming out mario golf so it was more like an experience that i wanted to have just seeing nocturne um i was a little upset that i got the worst ending because apparently i made a wrong choice in one of the choices but that's besides the point 
I just wanted to remark on some of the gameplay things in, in Nocturne, and I meant to do this last week, but we ran out of time. Nocturne is the type of game where you have a maze, and usually in a game, there's two things you don't do in a maze. You don't fall through the trap doors, mm-hmm. and you don't walk on the floor that hurts you. The spikes, basically. In Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne, there is a cave with a maze. And n- not only do you have to fall through the floor, but you also have to walk along the floor that hurts you to get to like three out of four of the bosses that you have to defeat in that cave. Okay. And if I wasn't using a guide, would I even think of that? Would I even think, would I say, no, I can't go this way? Like, and also there's like scenarios where like areas are dark. And if you don't have a demon that can use Lightoma or have a light ball in your inventory, it's just dark. There's no other way to lighten the area up. So there's like really archaic like traps like that in Shin Megami Tensei 3 that we just don't see in games nowadays. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Even you said even with the guide, this was even. Yeah. I, even with the guide, you uh, still made a mistake <laughs> to get the bad ending. Well, the guide didn't give me any like it, it didn't tell you what choices to make for a reason which is like the good bad like choices in in shin megami tensei 3 it, it didn't really get, tell me which ones to pick I, basically what i wanted to do was get a normal ending a neutral ending i ended up getting the demon ending but i did make a spare save file at the like amala labyrinth so i could get like the true ending the really crazy one uh that everybody likes but i didn't want to do it the other day because it's really involved uh but i will do it someday I say one of my th- one of the things I honestly not just Shin Megami Tensei but most games when they have this whole like good ending neutral ending is that it's easy to get the like not hard ending but like the bad ending but it's so difficult to get that like neutral to a like okay to great ending you really have to be like specific on what you do in that game. It, it brings me to like P four where yeah, like getting a- the um, <laughs> true ending requires like six very specific answers to questions at the end of the yeah. game. <laughs> It's like, I, I don't like that because then being very realistic, how many people are actually going to get that good ending just without even looking at a guide? Like a handful. I would say a small amount of people just by chance. The the problem I think I have with the fact that I got the bad ending in SMT3 is that I feel like it's harder to get the bad ending. <laughs> it was just a little like deflating when I got like... Of course, I'll get a final boss when I do the the true demon ending. But in the, on the ending I got, you actually don't fight the final boss, which was a little deflating. <laughs> but I digress. Yes, I was even getting lost a little bit with the guide because the guide was very well written. Um, but man, the amount of teleporters, invisible teleporters, and north, west, north, south, east, south, west, south, north, that you have to do in Shin Megami Tensei 3 is only something Atlas could do in 2003-4 whenever Nocturne originally came out. Yeah. It it was... um, And, like, not using a guide is very daunting because the hallways in these dungeons, they're all eerily designed, but they're all the same. It's all the same texture going the whole way through a lot of these hallways. And it's like, there's doors everywhere. And you're like, which door do I go to? And Nocturne has the whole like, yeah, this item box will damage you. This item box has enemies. There's a part where you need to go around a damage floor. 
and to get like a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And you can turn off. You can you can use a, a demon that you get in the previous area to lower the encounter rate for enemies. But the damage floor <laughs> takes out like half your health per per couple of steps, and it will just okay. leave you at one. So it's like you better have that that one demon that that gets rid of encounters because uh, you're gonna be at one health the whole time if you want to get that money. <laughs> I don't know how with all these games coming. I don't know how you found time to play Shin Megami Tensei. Well, because easy mode ended up being great for me. Just wanting to see the story because I think that's where Shin Megami Tensei Three really shines. Not not in the story per se, but in its presentation of uh like an oppressive atmosphere. Tokyo turned into a desert vortex world that's kind of like round but folded into itself. What I noticed between three and four is that four has a very like four is very black and white about good and bad. This character is good. This character is bad. If you fight them both, neutral. Shin Megami Tensei 3 just seemed like, by the end, everybody was so far gone, so lost, so corrupted by whatever they were doing that it, no choice seemed like great to me. And Shin Megami Tensei is where you, your friends from before the world was destroyed end up becoming monstrosities by the end of it. So there's transformations and it it was really interesting and i don't think i've seen many games where it just seemed like every choice was so like far gone from just basic good and evil that i almost missed smt4's like walter's the bad guy jonathan is the good guy stuff like that so my concluding thought on that was that i really hope shin megami tensei 5 is gonna be more like 4 both in plot and gameplay I guess that says a lot about SMT4 because I've always really liked that one. When it comes to games like Shin Megami Tensei, I don't know if I could even put that amount of time into it. So I think that I think you your word would is like be fine four, for it. but I don't think you would like three. I think you could like. I know it's a 3DS game, but if given the opportunity, I think you could really get into it. But three, three was more even for me an experience. They don't make a game like Shin Megami Tensei three anymore. Maybe an indie dev would, but usually RPGs like that tend to be a little more on the easy side and the less frustrating. So that's Nocturne. We'll <laughs> we'll return to it at some point in the future when I decide to go for the, the true demon ending. But for right now, that's Nocturne. Anyway, last thing we'll talk about before we wrap it up for today is some trophies. <laughs> uh, who wants to go first? Do you want to go I, first? I guess you can go first. Okay, I'll go first, because mine's more positive, I guess, even though there's some negativity. I got the Returnal Platinum. Here's the thing about the Returnal Platinum. (laughs) Don't. Just don't. (laughs) Don't go for it. I mean, go for it if you want. I'll say that. Would I recommend it? Probably not. I mean, (laughs) I want to get the most out of my $70 game, of course, and Returnal the plat's not awful until you get to the survey trophies because you could go through these biomes over and over and over and over again and not get this little rune that you have to pick up to collect to complete like this little cipher to complete some of the translations it's honestly i was luckier than most getting it in like 49 hours some people don't get it into like their hundredth hour or something but i digress it's taxing going through the same especially when you get to like biome two or like three Mm -hmm. or like then like five and six when you have to go through the whole area before it yeah rushing through hoping to god you find the room you're looking for and then 
you're like, I swear this is the one I'm missing. I swear this is the one I'm missing. And then figuring out, like, randomly in a room that hasn't popped up in your past, like, 20 runs that that shows up. You're like, I haven't seen this room in a while. And there it is. So, RNG trophies. Not Every other thing. trophy in that game was, like, fine. Like, sure. Returnal, not a bad plat. Unless... If they took out those survey trophies with RNG, RNG never really <laughs> sits well with me in games like this, um, or any game for that matter. But I will say, it didn't ruin my enjoyment of the game, it just ruined the enjoyment of getting the plat. So I've, yeah. not, I've still not got many complaints about Returnal, it's still very a very modern and new feeling game that's not been done before in 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 the capacity and budget that it was done in so good game plat eh i don't know what about you um okay <laughs> uh i decided to try to go for uh south park the stick of truth plat Ooh. um only off by a couple trophies so i'm like i can do it and i the game i would honestly say it took me i would s- honestly so five hours to like do it Mm. um talk about how i get everything i get all the trophies but there's two i missed it was one where you have to get all costumes and then all weapons yeah so i went to check all right which costume i'm missing i found it and it was one of those like oh you can get it whenever you want it it's at this location at, at the map so okay i'll go get it picked it up i got the trophy for full clothes i'm like okay i got all costumes and tell me, I'm like, okay, I'm missing one weapon. And I'm like, okay. Oh. But the problem is, is that in this game, there's things called, uh, in most other games that I hope you should never, ever have to take on, are missable items. Where Ooh, at a we know missables. <laughs> yeah, certain times, certain lo- locations, there's like this one location that once you leave, it's gone. Like, you can't come back. E- even if the location's on the map, you can't get in the building or you can't just get in it. This and that. So it's just like, okay, what am I missing? Tell me I'm missing something that in the very beginning of the game I didn't catch. And I'm oh, sitting the there like, it's one item, one single item. I have everything else but that one item, but it was a missable. And now I have to replay the entire game again, but only F- I mean, the good part is only, I really only have to really focus on weapons, but it's just like uh, I can't do a, a back-to-back replay of a game. Like I, I think Metagross Solid Three was the only time I did that where I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna finish it. So I'll most likely finish this plat. But when you see that percentage at 98 percent, and you're just like, I could have been a plat. It's a bronze right trophy. There. Yeah, it's such a <laughs> bronze trophy. Just like yeah, I collect all weapons. But the, I just don't like missables like that. I really don't. Hey man, I played Resident Evil Three remake like six times on the first weekend. But then again, that's a that's a forty five minute game if you can run it good enough. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, oh, I, I hate RPG. missables. Yeah, missables in any oh, it's like the the amount of shaking nervousness I had when I went to go check for the treasure hunter trophy in Final Fantasy Thirteen for having all weapons and accessories or whatever. I, I spent the whole game writing down a list, making sure I upgraded everything, did not sell anything. It's like, but I was like, what if I miss something? If Final Fantasy Thirteen is a huge game, I won't know where to go. Oh, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, maybe by next week, I'll have that plat. 
I'll have it by then. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make myself not get that plat. It's only one this. more playthrough. Yeah, it's like it's just one more playthrough. Get it over with. It's not a plat blocker. Yeah. It's just an inconvenience. It's just a very. It's pretty much an inconvenience. Which I, like I said, Merger Solid Three. When I did that and I didn't get the plat, I realized I messed up. Like you know what? I messed up and I forgot to do this one thing. And so I like again, not even just that one thing. I had to replay the whole game again. So like I gotta redo it. Yeah, we don't like so. a missable. <laughs> No, yeah. So, Especially in an RPG, that's that's I'll, when you just give up on the plat for some people, yeah, like, and then there's plat blockers. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it, but whatever. I'll get it done. I guess what I'll say is that this made me more interested now to play the the sequel to this Fractured. I really want to play it. It's on sale on PSN as of today uh, for fifteen. See, it is, but I want to get the physical one that has not only Fracture but it has Stick of Truth as like a bonus, ah. so I can get both. So then I can play Stick of Truth again on PS4. Oh yeah, and get get all the weapons and costumes again. Yeah, but and don't make miss sure the dodgeball right the first time. Yeah, it's a yeah. dodgeball. Just be thankful it's not running Sekiro's like the certain like sword enemy in the in the temple or whatever for fourteen hours. And the only reason it had to be like that for me to get my Sekiro plat is because I did not want to go fight the final boss again. So I said, I'm I, not fighting the final boss again. I'm gonna just I, take 14 I, hours and fight this one enemy over and over again. I, I guess, I guess it's not, it's not the sense of I'm mad I have to replay it, but in the sense of I could have just had it done by now if I just didn't miss that one thing. Yeah. That's what's like I'm like ang- not angry about, but just like uh, annoyed, upset about. I'm just like I could have had it done by now. Hey man, put it this way. When I was running Shin Megami Tensei 3 with a guide, there was points where it's like, go down this path for treasures. And I said, no, I'm just going to go down the normal path. I'm just going to get turned around. <laughs> but there's no, there's no obvious trophies for missables in that game. Yeah. Also, I played it on the Switch. So there's no trophies to bother me. <laughs> anyway, we got a lot of... We got a lot of news coming up next week. I can already tell you that much. So, would you say that about wraps us up for this one? Other than you missing the uh, fact that Rick Sanchez from the very famous Rick and Morty show is in Fortnite is a skin, then yeah, I think that should wrap it up. See, I was going to start with that, but I thought maybe we can go this episode without mentioning that Rick Sanchez from the famous show Rick and Morty (laughs) is present in the new season of Fortnite. You know but, Rick from Rick and Morty. You know he had the sauce the, with the one that turned into the pickle, right? The one that yeah, turns into the, the pickle from the game Siege. You know the pickle from the video game Rainbow Six Siege. The one that burps, right? He's the burping yeah. one. I know him. Well, on that note, <laughs> we want to thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, we appreciate every single one of you. Please follow our Twitter at Markers on the Map and tweet us. I will reply trust you can listen to us on apple podcasts i think that's the best place uh please leave a rating and a review and if you don't like apple podcasts you can always look on google Podcasts, spotify or podbean those all get posted uh with all the links and stuff and yeah like i said e3 news is coming we're i don't know if we're gonna have time for more than just news next week but uh <laughs> there's also like integrate ratchet and clank and game builder garage that are coming out like in the next couple days from this recording so lots of content coming your way (laughs) Uh, so i guess there's not much left to say besides sega please re-release shadow the hedgehog and that the real rayman 3 hoodlum havoc was the friends we made along the way so we'll see you next time bye later